Here we go again. Episode 18 of the Bad Buddhism Podcast with your host, Anthony Boyd. So today we're going to talk about a topic that's it's quite interesting, quite pervasive, and I think is one of those topics that is, for me at least, is the elephant in the room because for quite some time I've wanted to talk about this topic and I couldn't quite wrap my head around how I wanted to share this topic with you. Not so much talk about it, but share my perspective on it. And being the psychologist or psychological fanatic that I am, I wanted to present it in such a way that in in such a way that can be filtered through psychological concepts because that's pretty much how I view the world. I, I view the world through a psychological lens. I view the world through a philosophical lens, a spiritual lens, but more dominantly than any other lens is a psychological lens that I view the world from. This is a difficult topic. It's a difficult topic. You can see by the title, like it's a, it's a mouthful. The echo chamber mechanisms of the decline of social discourse. Like it's a, that is a heavy topic. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to actually start with the end. I'm going to start with the message that I want to get across in regards to how I view this topic and what I think about this topic, right? It's the reason why I decided to share this topic with you guys. The reason I decided to share this topic with you guys is that I want to get to a place and I want us to go back to a society or I'm not sure if we were ever there. I'm not sure. Only been on this planet for 32 years. But I want us to get to a point where we can have social and civil discourse without fighting one another, without canceling one another, without writing each other off as if we're evil. Right? This is... A diff- it's a difficult it's a difficult conversation to have it really is it's a difficult thing to share and i'm only sharing my perspective on it right so the echo chamber first let's start with what the echo chamber is i'm going to give just a basic definition of it from the dictionary let me see which dictionary i could pull up This is going to be from the New Oxford American Definition, the New Oxford American Dictionary, excuse me. So an echo chamber is an enclosed space for producing reverberation of sound. Now, if we were to tweak that definition just a little bit and change one word, we're going to have the working definition that's going to prevail throughout this podcast. It's going to help me get my perspective and message across regarding the echo chamber so here we go an enclosed space for reproducing or excuse me an enclosed space for producing reverberation of ideas an enclosed space for producing reverberation of 
ideas. So I'm going to break this podcast down or not really break the podcast down, but this podcast is going to explain three main components of sort of the message that I want to get across or the the, the mechanisms of what I think is causing the decline of social discourse. It's echo chambers, which I just introduced. It's groupthink and it's de-individuation. But I want to start with the solution first and then the problem. Because I think it might be easier for me to justify or contextualize the components of groupthink and de-individuation and the behavior, the shadow behaviors that go along with de-individuation, right? Because although this is a podcast that's making commentary on society and it's it, it can be viewed through maybe a sociological lens, I'm going to try to blend sociology and psychology, social psychology, right? I'm trying to get 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 this to be strained, filtered through social psychology. But my focus is on the individual, you, the individual, me, the individual, right? So here we go. Why am I talking about the echo chamber, right? As I mentioned before, I want us to get back to a point where we can have civil discourse. And it takes me back to the time where I had some good friends who we used to just sit in the car, chill and talk and have some good conversations. You know, the summer night where you're sitting in the car, chilling, you could be talking to a girly or the opposite sex or a love interest of the same sex or whatever it is you guys are into. Right. You know what I mean? (laughs) And. You just you're just vibing. You're building. You're building. This is before social media. This was before everybody had a stance on politics at the degree that they did now. You just you just in the car on a, a, a nice brisk or warm summer night and you're just building. You're just talking. Right. And it wasn't a, a fucking argument because you hold a certain opinion about something. Right. And this can be. Because in my opinion, that echo chambers didn't exist at the level that they existed now or the intensity that they existed now. Back in the day before social media, you just had the people that you grew up with on on the block and you'd all, I guess, play. Then you evolved into going to the movies together and you evolved into, you know, I guess you go to different schools. And I guess that's the extent to which your echo chamber existed. School. You know, you had the fraternities, sororities, and then you would network and then you would exist in your own little echo chamber. And there wouldn't be that much contact with people outside of your echo chamber. And it didn't seem to be a function of groupthink because echo chambers are a function of groupthink. In fact, groupthink is an echo chamber. But the echo chamber is a device. I think the echo chamber functions more as a device rather than a live breathing entity that is groupthink. Right. So I said I want to start with the solution. So 
how can we get to a place where we can go back to those moments of those warm summer nights where we used to chill with our friends and just have conversations on the stoop in the car you know for those who uh, of you who partake in the botanical sciences you know you smoking a blunt you know chilling for those of you who enjoy drinking you know you're drinking you're vibing out right without getting into a fucking argument we see that a lot of kids are not even playing outside anymore right we see everybody's online we see everybody's playing video games everybody's on their twitters everybody's on their tiktoks they're on their socials right and i think that the way one of the solutions that we can use or implement to go back to those times where we had healthy civil discourse is just go outside that's one right go outside hang with the people in your neighborhood that's one two we can do it virtually by visiting our intellectual neighbors of other echo chambers. But we have to have a healthy self-awareness that people outside of our own echo chambers are not inherently evil. They're not bad people. They're people just like you. And we also have to understand that these people exist within their own stories. and They have their own narratives. They are the heroes of their stories. And there is a dragon to slay that dragon is that of the shadow now we're bringing some Jungian psychology in here make sure you check out the podcast um episode 12.5 with the uh four Jungian archetypes as the 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 topic one of the topics at hand the dragon is a shadow everybody has a dragon that they need to slay and what they do with this dragon is they project it onto other people, right? Once you have this awareness of the hero and the dragon existing, you'll loosen up a little bit and understand that people who don't have the same ideologies as you, they're not necessarily your enemy. They're not necessarily the dragon in your story. If we can look at this from a Marvel Comics aspect, I think that being able to overcome this conundrum of the decline of civil discourse, we can look at it as we're all heroes of our own stories coming together like the Avengers, right? I think that's a healthy perspective to take, right? When you can look outside your echo chamber, because you know, each Marvel comic hero are heroes in their own stories. They have their own realities. And we are heroes in our own stories. And we have our own realities that is propped up by our confirmation biases. Right? Look up, a conf look up confirmation biases. It's basically consistently finding information that support your theories and hypotheses. Right? So once we're able to come together like the Avengers, we can conquer any goal that we set our mind to. Now, this is not some we are the world type of thing. This is just so that we can evolve as a species. I think that is essential for us to evolve intellectually, cerebrally as a species. And I think that we are consistently resorting back to this caveman behavior of hitting 
people over their head with a club that doesn't exist, that doesn't agree with the idea, the ideas that we have. Right. So I think that's important as I take a sip of my coffee. Mm, I like my coffee black. Like my coffee black. This podcast is fueled by black coffee and critical thinking through the lens of psychology. Right. So, like I said, we should all become we're heroes in our own stories. We're the Avengers. And I guess we have to fight against some type of villain, but the villain is not each other necessarily. The villain can be ignorance. It can be laziness. It can be a, a what I'm going to talk about another uh, another podcast called a mindset gap where we can bring each other up and we all have something to contribute to the exaltation of the human intellect it's a beautiful thing because if we can just come together and just talk about things we'll find truth in the cross-referencing of each of our fields respective fields of study there's truth in everything right that is to me the goal and that's the solution to step outside of our echo chambers right now, since we're working backwards here, we started with the solution. We're going to work our way backwards because I got my notes here, my podcast notes here, and I'm just starting backwards. So we basically said that people outside our echo chamber are not inherently evil. And people outside of the echo chamber, they're not evil, right? But what about the people that exist within our echo chamber, specifically within groupthink? And then we have the plight of the individual. The plight of the individual is to fight their way out of the chains that shackle them to these chambers, right? <laughs> this echo chamber, this groupthink, this cult, right? And one of the things that groupthink does, one of the things that these echo chambers do, do these groups do, and we're going to give the definition of deindividuation and um, groupthink in a second. We're going to work our way up, but one of these, one of the things that is enshackling you right now, you may not realize it, is that there is this sort of tolerance facade where the group that you're in tries to portray a tolerant persona or tolerant image yeah you can have whatever opinion you want to have opinion you want to have but in reality they'll punish you if you divert outside of that opinion that that the ideology that props that group up this is your plight right you you have the plight of expressing yourself which goes through which we could get into the topic of free speech in another podcast. But I don't necessarily like to get too political because I'm more so of a psychology man, not really a poli-sci guy, right? So that is your plight. You got to fight through these 
tolerance facades that your group upholds. And I'm sorry if you guys hear the fan on my laptop. I don't know what my laptop is doing, but it's it's working hard right now for whatever reason. I guess it's these bars that I'm spitting is just crazy right now because I love this topic. I love this topic. So that is your plight. And this plight is characteristic of you being in a state of panic and being delusional about who and what is listening to you. Everybody these, these days have this 1984-esque uh, kind of paranoia of microphones everywhere, cameras everywhere, right? I, I, I personally, I'm the wrong guy to say that, hey, we're, we're being surveilled. Uh, I love, love, love AI. I love surveillance. I love microphones everywhere. I love it. You know what I'm saying? Because I like to speak. I'm a speaker, right? Some people may not like it because they don't feel like they have free reign to, to speak their mind and to, and, to, and to say the things that they want to say, right? The tolerance facade, that ghost is hanging over you. This is how you know that you are shackled by groupthink, uh, groupthink uh, cults, right? Because if you do speak outside of the group's ideology, you will be punished. You'll be canceled. Cancel culture, right? You know, Kanye. Kanye speaking his, having his opinion and being canceled for a period of time. Everybody loves Kanye again now, by the way. I don't, I guess, I'm not sure. But again, a, a topic for another discussion about free speech and politics and shit. Now we're going to get to the level of diversity. What is diversity? Are we allowed to have actual diversity? Right? What is the definition of diversity? Let's look at, let's look that up. Cuz we do a lot of I read the dictionary a lot like when it comes to words I try to always try to always try to expand my vocabulary when I can. Even though I think I'm doing a bad job at it. All right, so well Diversity, the definition, is the state of being diverse, variety. Here's a sentence. There was considerable diversity in the style of the reports. Wow. So diversity is variety. Now, your plight, if you're listening to this and you feel like you're being listened to by or you have this delusional sense of I can't speak what I want to say or so I'm going to get canceled. You have to ask yourself, are there a variety of ideas in the group that you rolling is there a is there can you can you think outside the box are you allowed to think outside the box i mean i know you can think outside the box but are you allowed to think outside the box without being canceled ridiculed insulted getting a hurl of ad hominem attacks getting hurled um getting bombarded excuse me with ad hominem attacks because you're bringing up certain points that may or may not be valid, valid, but you're not being debated on those points, right? Are you allowed to have a variety of ideas, right? Is the diversity in skin color, is that what it is? is or is it a diversity of ideas? Are you allowed a diversity of ideas? Or is it a diversity of skin color, but everybody has the same idea about pretty much the, the, the same idea of one topic? Or a, few, or a few topics. 
so diverse, but there isn't a diversity in ideas and intellect. Hmm. Now, we spoke about breaking out of the echo chamber. Breaking out of the echo chamber, you got to simply realize that you are in the echo chamber, that you got yourself in groupthink, and you have to exhibit the kind of behaviors. You got to be aware of the behaviors that you're exhibiting. Are you exhibiting behaviors that are delusional, paranoid? Do you feel free in the way that you're expressing yourself? Right? If not, keep listening. So, you want to break out of the echo chamber. Start listening and reading work from people that have differing ideas than you completely different ideas from you i'm not saying to go ahead and go listen to people that make you feel bad about yourself this is strictly an intellectual exercise you go and listen to other people that are differing in your opinions it helps you grow it's healthy to listen to people of other opinions because if you keep listening to people of the same opinions You'll never grow. And I'm not talking about arguing with people about a different perception of the same idea. How about people who have completely different ideas? So if you're a liberal, listen to conservative news. If you're a conservative, listen to liberal news, since we're going we're gonna to touch on politics a little bit. If you're Republican, listen to Democrat news or Democrat, listen to Republican news. Don't stop insulting. Like, you don't got to sit there and insult each other. Listen to the points maybe we have a lot more in common than we realize oh and this exodus is happening where people from either side they're moving more towards the middle and becoming more so quote unquote independent independent party coming of the independent party whatever that is that is the plight of the individual that is an exercise, intellectual exercise of the individual that recognizes their plight that is being shackled by groupthink and being hoisted by the echo chamber, hoisted up into a, or down into this perpetual ignorance, right? And I think that, again, it's important for us to venture outside of our echo chambers because it will it will allow for the evolution of the intellect of the human species right the beautiful human species with our beautiful intellect and our big brains right so so there's that also want to make a comment about the echo chamber as a device the echo chamber as a device not necessarily again <clears throat> not necessarily as some breathing entity which is the which is which is the which is groupthink right echo chamber functions as is a function of groupthink right if groupthink was a hand the echo chamber would be the glove but this glove is fortified with social media algorithms so now we go back to the plight of the individual. The individual that goes on social media and consistently likes every post 
that is consistent with their line of thought, that is problematic for you because you will get nothing but the same ideas over and over and over again. And the algorithms are written in this way to keep you on the platform, which makes bit total business sense and which makes it's just common sense in general. Like I don't want to go on social media or I don't look at things that I'm not interested in. Right. So we're talking about interest in that way and business. You know, I would love for you guys to keep listening to this podcast. So I try to make a compromise between what I'm interested in and what you're interested in. And wherever we meet, I try to just keep making content based off of that. Right. Because I want you guys to keep listening. It's the same thing with social media from a business perspective. They want to keep you on a the platform. They're not going to show you things that's going to, I guess, offend you. And that's going to make you upset and make you click out of it and say, oh, I fucking hate this shit. I'm going to leave. Right. They also kind of make it addicted in some addicting in some ways as well with the like liking and the, the colors. And that's another topic for another another again, another podcast. Got a lot of topics. But liking, engaging with content that you don't necessarily agree with is important for your intellectual development. Because <clears throat> here's the thing. Before, it's so this is so weird. I can't believe I'm going to say this. I started listening to the Joe Rogan podcast about a year, a year ago. The Joe Rogan experience about a year, year and a half, maybe almost two years ago. And before I started listening to Joe Rogan, people were saying that he's alt-right or, or alt-right adjacent. Some weird category they put him in. I'm not saying that ever, that ever deterred me from listening to, to, to him, right? But despite the fact that somebody called him... I don't I didn't know what he was, to be honest. I don't know where I didn't even know who we didn't really know who Joe Rogan was. Didn't really pay attention to it to him until maybe two years ago. And I forgot how I got on Joe Rogan, how I started listening to him in the first place. But they was calling him alt right adjacent and all that shit. And despite that, I was still willing to go listen to him and see what he had to say. I forgot what made me or who referred me to go listen to him. But I was I listened to him and he is one of in my opinion, one of the most like he's like a conduit for so many different walks of life coming together on one show and he's teaching like help like helping people learn about so many different perspectives and views had i not had the awareness to go okay yo they calling him alt right really let me go see what he's talking. Let me see what he's talking about. Let me see what, what alt-right shit, what alt-right is. Because I haven't even heard of fucking alt-right before. I didn't even know what that was. So let me go listen to that. Boom. Listen to him. And I'm like, oh, cool. Yo, he has so many different guests on. This is cool. Learned so many different things from all of these people that he had on. Had I been closed-minded and stayed in my echo chamber of just listening to The Breakfast Club. And The Breakfast Club is cool. It's all right. You know what I'm saying? I like The Breakfast Club. But that was the only kind of like podcast show that I was listening to. I'd say podcast because or radio because I was listening to it on YouTube Red at the time. If I stayed in that little lane and only listened to the Breakfast Club, people who look just like me, right? People who were from my neighborhood, right? In my town, my hometown, then 
to be honest, I probably wouldn't be the person I am today. I probably wouldn't be presenting this content to you because a lot of the content that I've consumed on Joe Rogan, well, the content that I picked are from clinical psychologists, psychologists, biologists, scientists, many different people that like share my interest, but they have a like a different twist on it, provide a different twist, a different angle on it. And I learned so much from that. But imagine, right? You just you just listening to the same content over and over again, engaging in the same content over and over again. You're not thinking, right? And here's the thing. You want to be a lateral thinker, which I'm going to have to cover in another podcast, but I'll give you a definition of lateral thinking, right? Lat thinking, right? If linear thinking is... And I read this book so long ago, I might have to reread the book and then talk about it. But I can phrase it like this. If linear thinking is drilling a hole and seeing how deep you can go, which is sort of vertical, a vertical action, lateral thinking is drilling holes adjacent to each other. Right. It's a way to learn and solve problems. Right. I learned so much by venturing out consciously venturing out of my comfort zone, out of my echo chamber by lateral thinking or attempting lateral thinking. Lateral thinking is a little bit challenging. It requires a lot of creativity. So let's just go with this basic this basic definition from wikipedia of what lateral thinking is and lateral thinking will help you get out of your echo chamber right lateral thinking lateral thinking is a manner of solving problems using an indirect and creative approach via reasoning that is not immediately obvious it involves ideas that may not be obtainable using only traditional step-by-step logic see that step-by-step logic where people it's kind of like going to school when you go to school you had grade one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and you had college, all these different electives and all this stuff. It's like it's just never you just keep on step by step by step. Each subject seemingly building on the subject before, step by step. Now, when you have schools like Montessori with child led play. And you have all these different types of school, like music school, creative school. It's not really necessarily a step-by-step, concept-by-concept type of learning, which is generally what, like, I would just going to be ridiculous with this number. 90% of the population learns, well, at least in America, the school system in America, 90% of the population learns in a step-by-step way. When life is not linear, life is a meandering mess, right? Treat that treat that give that same energy to you venturing out of your echo chamber right so that is the extent to which i am going to explain the solution and the plight of the individual that stands between the individual and the solution now if we really want to bring everything if you want to really have these solidified, a solidified understanding of the mechanisms at work 
involved in the decline of social and civil discourse, we have to understand what groupthink is and we need to understand what de-individuation is. Because I see a lot of people falling victim to de-individuation and it's sad. It's it's scary, right? So I've been talking about groupthink a little bit for the past 30 minutes, a little bit, right? I said that an echo chamber is the function of, of, of groupthink, right? So what is groupthink? What is that, right? First of all, I first heard of groupthink when I was a freshman psych major. And then I saw the word groupthink and the first time I seen it in like pop culture or whatever is one of Erica Badu's video, um, Window Seat, right? Go watch that video. Dope. Oh, that's a beautiful video. You got to watch it. It's a beautiful video for many different reasons. Make sure you go watch it. And I heard of that word 10 years ago. Well, yeah, heard of it. Saw it in pop culture 10 years ago. First heard it in freshman year of my psych, psych major, right? So what is groupthink? Groupthink is a psychological phenomenon that occurs within a group of people in which the desire for harmony or conformity in the group results in an irrational and dysfunctional decision-making outcome. Cohesiveness or the desire for cohesiveness in a group may produce a tendency among its members to agree at all costs. This causes the group to minimize conflict and reach a consensus decision without critical evaluation. Now, yo, that's nice. That's nice. But sacrificing intellectual development because you want to just agree with everybody and avoid conflict, that's cute. But that's that's bad. That's real bad because not everybody's gonna not everybody's gonna get along. Everybody's just not gonna get along. And the people that do get along that are high on agreeableness or whatever, which is cool, you know, I guess. They all group together, and then you see how that agreeableness turns to disagreeableness real quick when people disagree with what the main tenant of that group is, right? That is... A function of the echo chamber right because there's no regulation in the way of allowing for diverse ideas to take shape in a groupthink setting and therefore it perpetuates the algorithmic nature of the echo chamber if i'm making sense on social media that is <clears throat> So let's let's read more about groupthink. Groupthink requires individuals to avoid raising controversial issues or alternative solutions, and there is loss of individual creativity, uniqueness, and independent thinking. The dysfunctional group dynamics of the in-group produces an illusion of invulnerability and inflated certainty that the right decision has been made. Thus, the in-group significantly overrates its abilities in decision-making and significantly underrates the ability, the abilities of the opponents underrates the abilities of its opponents the out group this is the important fact that's going to lead us to the individuation in a second 
Furthermore, groupthink can produce dehumanizing actions against the outgroup. Members of a group can often feel pressure, peer pressure, to go along with the crowd in fear of rocking the boat or of what them speaking up will do to the overall to to the overall to how their teammates perceive them. This is dangerous. I'm just going to put it is that that is dangerous. I know I've had some discussions with some family members and some friends who readily admit that they're scared to say certain things out of fear of being canceled. Right? That is dangerous. Peer pressure to go along with the crowd in fear of rocking the boat or of what them speaking up will do to the overall or how their teammates will perceive them. What? It's bad. That is bad. Dehumanizing others. Jeez. So that's deep right there. That's deep. Hmm. I'm just looking at the definition of how of how groupthink can be a problem. Yeah, anyway, I'm not going to go any deeper into this in this because it goes into politics. I don't want to go into politics too much. Right? So, here we go. We're going to talk about deindividuation. That led us perfectly into deindividuation, which is of your concern and you got to figure out if you if you have exhibited any of these shadow behaviors by way of the individuation yo this computer is working so hard i'm probably going to need to get a different computer because this is going this is working too hard i hope it's not causing any issues in sound i hope not but here we go de-individuation right Deindividuation is a concept in social psychology that is generally thought of as the loss of self-awareness in groups, although this is a matter of contention resistance. Sociologists also study the phenomenon of deindividuation, but the level of analysis is somewhat different. For the social psychologist, the level of analysis is the individual in the context of a social situation. That's what we're concerned with, the individual in the in the context of the social situation. And the reason why I'm focusing on the individual is because I don't think there's nothing that can be done about a group of people. A group of people is made up of individuals. So if the individuals change, the group change, right? For the social psychologist, the level of analysis is the individual in the context of a social situation. As such, social psychologists emphasize the role of internal psychological processes. Hmm. We're going to get into that in a second. Well, not internal processes necessarily, but we're going to talk about the, the shadow and projection and how the shadow contributes. Well, the shadow does contribute to the shadow of groups, of groupthink. Sort of like a collective unconscious type situation, more Jungian psychology on deck, right? Other social sciences, such as sociology, are more concerned with broad social, economic, political, and historical factors that influence events in a given society. See, that's I'm not really too crazy about sociology. I'm more I'm more focused on the individual because individual is individuals makes up society. And if we can get more individuals to focus on themselves, society will change as a whole. Of course, there are it's, it's seemingly 
systemic and institutions that seem to be alive and breathing. Like they seem to be alive, breathing entities, sort of like the um, the Kraken, the Kraken, which is like can be seen as this, 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 uh, this monster with multiple hands in each sector of everything. But I'm not gonna go down there. That's a tinfoil hat. That's a tinfoil. That's for a tinfoil hat podcast. So. Deindividuation. We see that deindividuation is characterized by a loss of self-awareness, right? So when people enter in these groupthink situations, whether they want to or not, they conform to behavior that can be not becoming of their nature. Somebody who's sweet, loving, and caring might enter into a group and because of the sake of cohesiveness might be forced to be violent and dehumanizing for the sake of the group and its ideology that it operates on. That's dangerous. We're going to mention the purge in a second as some pop culture reference to people who wear masks and groups can be looked at as a mask, a, a version of a mask. Screens behind social media accounts can be looked at as a mask. Right. What happens when people put these masks on? So we're going to continue with the definition and then we're going to talk more about that. Theories of the individuation propose that it is psychological. It is a psychological state of decreased self-evaluation and degree, decreased evaluation, apprehension, causing anti-normative and disinhibited behavior. In other words, here's a question. What would you do if you knew that you can get away with it? What would you do if you knew that you can act like you? There was no shadow of a doubt that you can get away with it. This is what deindividuation is. You're part of this group. Hmm. I'm just taking orders. Just following my peers. I'm just taking orders. Very dangerous. And you, you, you think you can get away with it. Hmm. The individuation theory seeks to provide an explanation for a variety of anti-normative collective behaviors such as violent crowds, lynch mobs, etc. The individuation theory has also been applied to genocide and been posited as an explanation for anti-normative online and computer-mediated communications. Th there we go. See, now we're going to get into the interesting stuff. We're going to get into the tech, right? Social media. I just mentioned to you masks and how people wear them. People wear, wear groups as masks, online personalities as masks. Social profiles that like to comment nasty, bigoted stuff on other people's posts because they don't agree with them. Right? Masks. This cancel culture, which is a mob of people who are victims of, of groupthink. Right? Wearing the ideology as a mask. Cancel them. Dox them. Right? People doing this shit to kids. People who disagree with kids. Bullying kids. They don't care that it's a kid. Right? And the crazy thing is that someone who is de-individuated will do things within a group that they wouldn't do outside of a group as an individual. Right? That's 
that's mind blowing. Makes you think how susceptible to how how prone are we to ideas through osmosis? Hmm. So if you want a perfect example of what deindividuation looks like, watch the movie The Purge. If you don't know what The Purge is, I'll tell you, right? The Purge is an American media franchise centered on a series of dystopian action horror films. The films present a near future dystopian America, which celebrates an annual national holiday known as the purge in which all crimes, including murder, are legal for a 12 hour period. In this movie, the purge, right? Crime. All crime. Is legal for 12 hours. People go out. And they do a bunch of crimes. But the thing that stood out to me the most when I first watched this movie, fantastic movie, by the way, tells you a lot about human nature. And it's shocking that this thing described as near future dystopian America. Whew. People are wearing masks. That's the thing that stood out to me the most. People are wearing masks. The people that's doing the crime is wearing masks. On some occasions, I think people are not wearing masks. Because they're fully aligned with who they are. They don't care if people know that they're monsters. They don't give a fuck. But there's some people that don't want you to know that they are monsters. Or they have the tendency to be a monster. Or they have the tendency to be violent and aggressive. They don't want you to know that. They don't want you to know that at all. And now we see this type of behavior on social media, online. Where people have disagreements. The person goes, runs and get their anonymous account. And they proceed to be bigoted in any any way shape or form towards a person that disagrees with them that is a major plight of the individual and the thing that concerns me is that we're spending more and more time online in this anonymous world where we can be anonymous where we can wear these masks and there's a lot more there's a lot of people that's being disgusting i was on twitter for instance right i was on twitter and this girl posts, you know, body positivity shot, right? You know, the girl is always posted body positivity and all that shit, right? This dude proceeds to comment. And I'm, I can only assume it's a dude because his, his the screen name had a male first name. I'm just assuming screen name, not even screen name, his handle or at. Screen name is a it's AOL. Tell how old I am. But um, his his handle or his at had a male name in it, and he said something to the effect of how she has stretch marks. And I'm like, damn, dude. Like, in my head, I'm like, would you say that to her if you saw her face to face? Stop it. You know what I'm saying? That kind of behavior is just whack to me. It's just garbage. You know, but it's human nature. It's people hiding behind a screen, the individuation. They're part of a, a social group or, or hiding behind some type of mask, Right? Social media as a mask. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. So watch the purge and you'll see you'll fully see what I'm talking about. Like it's it's amazing. It's amazing human human uh human behavior. So did we cover everything? Yeah. We definitely covered everything. The individuation was the last thing. So 
these mechanisms, echo chamber, groupthink, deindividuation, these are all mechanisms by which the plight of the decline of social discourse is being enacted, right? So that's pretty much that. I mean, I could go on and on about this, right? I could go on and on. Um, if you want to talk more about deindividuation, we could talk about this program that I believe, um, and, and don't quote me on this because I'm not really too sure. I believe Candace Owens, anybody who knows Candace Owens is, yeah, go check her out. That's a, that, that's a funny one. Candace Owens, that's a funny one because Candace Owens is a black woman who, a conservative black woman, outspoken, very outspoken conservative black woman who says her piece, right? Whether she's right or wrong or whatever the case may be, people call, it's it's crazy too. People from, I see from all walks of life, a lot of people support her and then a lot of people call her all sorts of demeaning names. Mind you, this is where the identity politics thing comes into play where I just scratch my head and I ask questions about diversity of ideas or is it about skin color? What, what is it really about? But she has these conservative ideals, right? And people just, some people are just super nasty towards her, right? And I just don't understand, like, she's a black woman speaking out. Leftists tend to hate her and feel fully justified in trying to insult her because she has conservative viewpoints. Whether again, whether they're right, wrong, whatever the case may be, people should be allowed to speak their mind without being insulted, right? Hmm, right. That is a textbook example of groupthink at work and deindividuation at work, echo chambers at work, right? Where it seems to me that a black woman can only be heard if she is on the left side, on the leftist side, can only be heard if she has leftist ideals. Hmm, interesting. And on the right side, it's the same thing as well. You got people on the right insulting women on the left, people on the left, and it's very interesting. But anyway, the point is, that I believe that she was doing some sort of... um. She had some type of idea where it would unmask bullies, anonymous bullies online, I believe, right? And people went fucking haywire. Group of people went haywire. Or some people went haywire. Correct me if I'm wrong. But it just highlights the point that people want to stay as in, as anonymous as possible when, when doing dirt, when saying nasty things to people. Just Just proves my point about that or just highlights the point about that. So there's that. And also, yeah, Kanye West is another one where Kanye West is only allowed to have, because he's, he's a black man, he's only allowed to have leftist or liberal views or democratic views, whatever you want to call it. He's not allowed to have any other type of views or ideals because he both apparently belongs to just one side of the aisle. But anyway, don't want to get too much into the politics shit because that's not my lane. It's just, it's just psychological behavior. Or psychological, um, certain things that I notice through a psychological lens, human nature. It's funny to me. 
But anyway, yeah, this podcast was, I, I had fun doing this podcast and I'm all in on this podcast and stuff. It's very, um, it's a good exercise, good exercises. And I got like the next five podcasts, including this one, all ready to go as far as the con- the, the content. I got all of the show notes ready and what I want to talk about. Got this is 18, right? We got 19, we got 20, we got 21, we got 22. It's going to be good. Going to be good. Um So yeah, it's pretty much that. Um this wasn't this wasn't this wasn't that long, was it? Was it? Uh, wasn't an hour, but under an hour. It's cool. But um I'll holler at you guys next time. Um if you dig in the pocket, you guys are definitely listening because the listenership, again, each episode I release, I'm noticing more and more people are listening, which is great. I love that. And um, the validation, I'm not too big on validation. I'm not really a guy that cares too much about validation. Not too, I'm not a guy that cares too much about, you know, likes and all that type of shit, but the fact that you guys are listening, guys are sharing your thoughts on Instagram, hit me up in it on Instagram, that is dope. That's dope. Because it shows that we are able to have, we are capable of having civil discourse, social discourse in a very, in a, in a nuanced, but, and, doesn't have to be, but, nuanced and respectful way. A nuanced and respectful way. Also, Shout out to AJ of RiseAboveLifestyle.com for giving me some critical, some um, constructive criticism on my podcast. He's always giving me constructive criticism on, like real constructive criticism on the podcast. One of which, as you know, I have an Alexa skill and I have this podcast. And as you know how podcast podcasting and the Lexus skill works they operate off of an rss feed where your content is uploaded to and gets distributed to other platforms and all that stuff right Alexa is one of them and i had both the podcast and my Alexa skill content all on one rss feed and he gave me some good feedback which is to separate the two because the podcast stands alone, as he said, is this content that stands alone. We got episodes one through 18, right? If you want to watch the episodes, you just boom, you go right to those without scrolling. The problem was you guys had to scroll through all of my Alexa content that's meant for the Alexa um, channel and Alexa skill. <laughs> she over there talking. Um, and it was kind of getting in the way of you guys hearing the podcast. So yeah, it's great. Thank you for that insight, AJ. Um, but definitely check his website out, riseabovelifestyle.com. Um, and I'll highlight you guys next time. Peace.